welcome everyone to Wellbeing Wednesdays. My name is Courtney Weaver. I am your host of this illustrious podcast with its dozens of listeners. Uh, my guest today is Heidi Muller. She is a residence hall coordinator in the Department of Housing and Residential Life here at West Virginia University. Uh, Heidi's actually coming from us outside the state because she is quarantining at back in Michigan, which is also where I'm from, so super exciting. Uh, but we're being responsible citizens and really heeding those social distancing measures uh, and those shelter-in-place guidelines put out by our governments and our public health professionals. Um, so Heidi, hello. Hi. Um, so why don't you talk to us a little bit about your role here at the university before we dive into the content that we're going to cover today. Sure, sounds good. So um, like you said, I'm a residence hall coordinator. Um, I actually run both Dadisman and Stoniker Halls. Um, I've been working as an RHC for, I think this is my eighth year. It's been a long time, um, but it'll be my third year in Dadisman and Stoniker next um, academic year. Um, and basically what I do is um, just run the day-to-day -day operations of both buildings. Um, I'm the supervisor of all the RAs. Um, I handle, you know, conduct cases that come through promote programming, um, you know, of all different kinds throughout the building and, um, and draft and write a, a curriculum for my students for the entire year. Wow, that sounds great. Um, so in addition to all of your duties as described, uh, you also serve in a couple other different capacities here at the university. And one of the ones that we're gonna talk about today is your work for the Council for Women's Concerns. So could you give us a brief overview of what the council is and what its purpose is? Yeah, sure. So uh, the Council of Women's Concerns um, what is to promote is here to promote equality of women in the academic and local communities. Um, the council works to address concerns, highlights accomplishments, and affects and affect change and celebrate successes. Um, and then, of course, we're obviously here to empower women um, and just to give an overall positive change to our campus. Nice. And so the council is. Um, Sorry, the council contains many different kinds of committees. So what are the different committees that uh, are part of the council and what are some of the initiatives of those committees? Sure, so we have quite a few actually. We have um, an executive committee, uh, which includes of course the chair, the vice chair, which I just got elected to for next year. Yesterday, yeah. today's my very first day. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, and our communication secretary, and of course, the financial secretary. Um, and then they oversee everything for the council, of course. Um, we have an outreach committee um, whose primary purpose is, is to coordinate large signature events um, for the council, as well as partner with other organizations um, on outreach and service initiatives on campus and within the Morgantown community. Um, that particular committee is actually responsible for um, hosting the Women of Color Luncheon in the fall. Um, and then they do the same, um, the same event in, in the spring. Um, and usually that's at uh, table nine, I believe. Um, and then we have uh, the Campus Climate Committee, which uh, works to cultivate a culture of equity and inclusion and respect at WU. Um, they do a lot of assessment um, and um, advocating the needs of women and amplifying the university's successes. Um, so that's a pretty interesting one too. Oh, we just developed a new one this year, um, which is the Women of Color Committee. Um, and this, this particular committee works to cultivate a culture of equity, inclusion, 
um, and of course, all, all the same issues um, as the campus <laughs> climate committee, but more so uh, towards um, the unique positions that women of color hold in our community. Um, they, um, yeah, I think they're also going to be working with uh, the outreach committee to kind of help push the women of color luncheon um, to be more um, towards what we want to work on for for. 2022 and, and kind of pushing it into our, our current realm of what's going on in, in that particular group, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, we have two or three more power-based personal violence prevention and education, <laughs> um, and, which is what I served on this year. And um, we um, work to educate and, um, and just address problems of sexual assault, domestic violence, dating violence, and stalking on, on campus as well as in our community. Um, the Wellbeing Committee is a new one, I think, for this year, um, and that was um, to help identify wellness program, programs and incentives um, that help, um, you know, our overall health and well-being, of course. Um, and then the final one is awards and membership, which oversees the Mary Catherine Bus Buswell Award, um, the Student Activism Awards, and other awards um, to be presented on behalf of the council, and then they also recruit new members every year. Okay. So it's quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this is really critical and important work. So it's exciting that it's taking place at WVU. Um, and so I know it's your first day as in your new role. <laughs> really exciting. So uh, congratulations on that. Um, but your previous work on the committee that um, addresses sexual violence. So what were you most proud of in the work that you did with that group? Uh, so the thing that I'm most proud of that the Power Based Personal Violence Committee did this year was um, our booth in the Tunnel of Awareness event, um, which happened at the end of February. Um, and we focused our booth on um, the invisible signs of domestic violence. Um, we included um, just different things within the LGBTQ community that you wouldn't necessarily know about in a, in a heterosexual relationship. Um, and um, just some other really interesting facts and, and signs to watch, watch out for when you when you interact with your friends and, and family members. Um, and we also kind of, we researched all the names of the victims um, for this entire year, or the year 2019, of course, um, and put it on a poster so that it kind of just is gut-wrenching when you see it and you see all the names of the people just in, I think, in just in West Virginia. Um, yeah, and then we created this interactive, like, uh, trifold thing where people are able to write about um, maybe some examples of gaslighting they might have done to somebody without realizing it or that they've had done to themselves. And it was really interesting what people wrote about. And um, I actually still have all the responses back in my apartment in Morgantown. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And it's funny to think about that event because it was at the end of February, and, and WellWU participated in it as well and did an exhibit with a student from – uh, the pre-pharmacy association, but it feels like it was three years ago. <laughs> it really does. It honestly, it truly does. And I did love your, your guys's booth too, for sure. Oh, well, thank you very much. And I, I like yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> so the council for women's concerns, it is primarily focused on faculty and staff, right? Is there student participation? 
There are students that do participate. Um, I will state that we we didn't have too many students this year, but I know that um, for the following year we've elected a few more. Um, so hopefully, we'll. What I would love to focus on this um, upcoming year is to get more student involvement to hear from them. Uh, because it's very different at their level than it is from the faculty senate standpoint, as well as even just a member in the Morgantown community, because it does our our council does include people from the community that have nothing to do with WU. Oh wow! So, what would you say are the benefits of joining the council? Well, um, for me, I really think. Um, you know, this is a great opportunity to promote positive changes for for women, um, you know, on our campus and in, in the Morgantown community to kind of highlight some um, things that we think that need to be fixed, whether it's in regards to safety or just um, laws or whatever. Um, I love being a huge advocate. I'm pretty loud. I think you know that about me right now. Um, and um, I like to get my voice across. So that's kind of what I really think is a huge benefit for me for joining. But of course, it's also an a great opportunity to meet um, faculty, staff, and community members that you might not necessarily um, interact with on a day-to-day -day basis um, in general. So, um, and it's always a good resume booster. <laughs> <laughs> True story. Huh? <laughs> uh, well, thanks, Heidi, for all that information on the council. Uh, it's sure. uh, a great group that's doing great work and hopefully that work will be able to continue as we move through this pandemic. Um, Heck, yes, it will. <laughs> I know. Um, so we're going to actually switch gears because Heidi, as some of you may know, if you are familiar with her, is also an incredible artist. Uh, <laughs> Seeing her work, it's beautiful. Uh, and so we're actually going to talk a little bit now about art and stress management. And um, for you, Heidi, how does creating art help your personal well-being? Besides, like, taking out the fact that we're living in a pandemic, like, how did it help you beforehand? Sure. So, uh, yeah, because, I mean, obviously, we can, the whole pandemic thing is completely different than, <laughs> than anything I've typically dealt with before. Um, but, you know, I guess it just depends on, on what's going on in my life. So, um, you know, I, I had a brother who passed away from um, an overdose um, in, in fall of 2018. And, um, when that happened, you know, my immediate response was to kind of hole up, but I, you know, kind of pushed past that and I created some things based off of the emotions that I, were fe I was feeling at that time, um, which is a lot. If you've ever lost somebody, I'm sure you know that. Um, and so I guess, you know, my answer to that question is that I, um, you know, I use art to help me move and, and go through a, whatever emotion I'm feeling or whatever personal, um, you know, problem I'm facing and kind of just lets me focus on something more tangible when everything else is crazy on the outside. Um, I will state that, you know, um, a couple of weeks ago, I, I had a pretty, um, pretty awful traumatic experience happen, which was kind of gut wrenching and, and just, you know, knocked the wind out of me and um, it's the reason why I'm in Michigan right now, but, um, I have a good friend, Tian Hawkins from the Career Center who, you know, she's just an amazing person, um, who checked in on me and she said something to me that just kind of, um, helped me out a lot. I haven't had any, um, interest in drawing recently because of what happened and, and that's kind of sad for me since that's a, that's a huge part of who I am. Um, and Tian told me, you know, you have to create. 
regardless of, of what you're feeling right now, you need to sit down and you need to draw. And she said, um, make something ugly. It doesn't have to be something pretty. It doesn't have to be anything that you need to sell, but you need to make it for you to get everything out. Um, and I kind of hold that in my heart now. And I think that um, it was a really good point. And um, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's a beautiful, beautiful thought. Um, and what's your favorite medium to create in? So honestly, it depends on what my mood is. Um, I typically go for acrylic paints, but I'm the type of artist that I don't have like a set um, style. Like there's some people that do a lot of oil portraits that are gorgeous, but me, I'm just kind of sporadic and I get into whatever I want to make. And um, but most of my stuff, I would say is acrylic paints. Okay. And um, it, do you have like an artistic process? And if you do, what does that look like? Um, it depends on what I'm making. Um, if I'm doing, you know, a fluid project, I gotta, you know, just prep my surroundings so I don't get any of the university's furniture or, or flooring, um, messy because I think Dr. McDonald would kill me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, I, uh, you know, honestly, I think I just, I usually just sit down and I just do it and I just don't think and I just create and let my pencil do whatever I want it to do or whatever it wants to do, really. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. I'm not a very artistic person in the sense of like the creation of art. I do like to write and other other stuff. But when I was a senior in college, my last semester of school, I had to take a bunch of gen ed classes because I had uh, put them off. <laughs> like a Good job. Uh, and one of the classes that I took was an art course that was sort of a introduction to all types of different mediums. So like charcoal and watercolor and, and things like that. And it was taught by uh, a woman who is an MFA student, and she made, I mean, beautiful paintings that were, like, bold, rich colors and, like, mermaids and just beautiful. Yeah. Um, but I remember she kind of had the same line of thinking that Tian had of just create. It doesn't matter what it looks like. You're not going to be graded on how good it is. <laughs> um, but it was helpful for me because my senior year of college was very stressful because I didn't know what I was going to do with my future. And even when I graduated, I still hadn't gone into uh, my grad program at that time. And, you know, I was moving back to live with my parents and work the same summer job that I had for four years. And so it was such a stressful time. And I basically channeled all of that anxiety into my final art project. And it's still at my parents' house. And I saw it recently and I just said <laughs> to myself, I feel all these emotions. Like I know exactly what I was going through. Time. <laughs> I think art has that power to do that. Um, it, it wasn't really like does. wasn't good art, but <laughs> it was. I mean, and that and that doesn't really matter. It's for you, right? And um, yeah. that's something. What T, That's what exactly what Tian was telling me. And um, I'm not going to say that I actually, you know, sat down and did it right away like she told me to. But I've been trying to get back into drawing um and and just getting back to my normal self a little yeah, bit for sure uh and so on this podcast we like to do i used to say that it was a pop culture moment but really it's more like a well-being snapshot of like what's happening right now and the past couple episodes have been heavily focused on the pandemic and how people are adjusting um so what sure. advice would you have for folks who want to create art during this time so i would say um just explore, like just get into something that you're, you're not used to, um, learn some new hobbies, 
get messy, get dirty, get, I mean, get into some stuff that, you know, might scare you a little bit because you're just not, you're not sure what will happen. I mean, that's what I did when I started um, painting is I, I was using fire and I lit a bunch of canvases on fire. Um, but I learned though through that process about some cool techniques that I can use for my paintings. And um, for me personally, like I'm trying to get into some different art, art related um, things. I bought a freaking embroidery kit from Amazon and it's coming here soon. And, um, and then I kept seeing like little ads for those diamond painting things. I don't know. I just keep my hands busy, but I got a couple of things and why not? It might be something cool that I can sell later or it's just for me and it's fun. Um, but get messy. That's what, I mean, that's what I would do. It gets a lot of stress out. Just do whatever makes you feel happy. Yeah, I think, and something that's happened with this pandemic is that artists are making their skills available. So there's the Kennedy Center artists in residence who hosts uh, daily doodles uh, at one o'clock. Oh, cool. Yeah, and so he teaches you to draw a different doodle. I mean, they put all of Bob Ross, uh, all seasons of his show on YouTube that you can watch. Uh, and then... And then it's not just painting either or drawing. I mean, you could write poetry, you could write, you know, fan fiction, you could knit, yeah. you could, like you said, cross stitch or embroider. I have a Golden Girls cross stitch kit right now, so I'm going nice. to that open. Uh, but really, I mean, any kind of medium where you can express yourself is, is going to be good and going to be good for your mental well-being for sure. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well... <laughs> Thank you so much, Heidi, for taking uh, time out of your day today. We really appreciate you speaking with us. Hopefully you'll be on again, because I know you have so much to <laughs> offer the university community and our audience. Um, and to our listeners, thank you so much. And we will catch you next week on Wellbeing Wednesdays. <laughs>